On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks could be moving up. We'll talk about how the Mavs could make their case tonight to move up in the standings. And we got we brought on, he's literally named Mavs Draft to talk about the Mavs position. Right now, they'd have the 23rd pick. Who should they take? Who are the players we should be watching in the tournament? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Lockdown Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. It's the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs with the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today, LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. And of course, joining me as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the draft dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? North Carolina made the Final Four. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course we're starting with that. (laughs) Nothing else important going on. All right. So I got this tweet today and it said, if you had to pick one, would you rather pick North Carolina beating Duke (laughs) or the Lakers missing the play-in? And like this one's <laughs> for easy you, for you personally. That's this a tough e- choice. Easy one for me. It's like, hey, I let the Lakers make the play in. They're gonna get smacked. Not <laughs> it's not slapped, smacked. It's not Chris Rock, but it's they I won't would, apologize either. Whoever beats them <laughs> won't apologize either. For sure, not at all. So uh, I picked North Carolina over Duke. And watching Duke the other day, I was like, all right, they have prospects for days. We we have to talk to somebody who knows all about these prospects. And Richard, who else better to have on than Richard to talk about some draft prospects here? Hey, it's good to uh, good to be on. I was saying earlier, Isaac, this is our first time podcasting together, so we got the whole trio here. Richard is an incredible personality in person because his name on Twitter is Mavs Draft, just at Mavs Draft, and somehow we got you verified. I don't know how that happened, but we got you verified <laughs> as Mavs Draft. Like, not somebody connected to the Mavs, nothing else. It's incredible. Um, but before we get into that, Gentlemen, the Golden State Warriors sat both Clay and Draymond. Obviously, Steph is still out. They lost to the Grizzlies without John Morant. The Grizzlies without John Morant are like the best team in NBA history. I don't know what's going on with this team. They just keep winning. Um, but now the Mavs are only a game and a half back from the Warriors. So if the Mavs beat the Lakers tonight and AD and LeBron are both doubtful, if the Mavs beat that team tonight, if you're listening, watching this on Tuesday, then the Mavs would be just one game back from the Warriors. Now mm. listen to this. The Warriors' next couple of games, they play at home against the Suns, home against the Jazz, that's the first of a back-to-back, then at Sacramento, that's the second of a back-to-back, then against the Lakers, then then they finish the season with Spurs-Pelicans back-to-back, and both those teams are going to be playing for something. The Mavs' last schedule is this Lakers game, Cleveland, that's a back-to-back, at Washington, the, the Chris Alporzingis revenge game, Ooh. at Milwaukee, at Detroit, then home for Portland, and then home for San Antonio at the end. Uh, we'll just throw it to Richard real quick. Richard, how are you feeling about the Mavs moving up to the third seed with all that said and done? You know, <laughs> you referenced my name of Mavs Draft. And on one hand, I'm upset. No, I'm just kidding. I have no complaints about that. It's uh, it's exciting, and, and it really does change the whole outlooks of the playoffs. I mean, I think it was uh, our own Matt Moore had tweeted, if 
the Mavs get the three seed, their path to the conference finals actually opens up. As much as you don't want to look ahead, it is impossible not to with that scenario. Playing Memphis in the second round, who they match up very well against. That's the thing. It's like if you you have to just win the first round, like let's just leave it at that. Then it's a, it's a success. But if you do want to get ahead of yourself and say, all right, you win the first round, if you can avoid Phoenix, because Phoenix is, I mean, they clinched the best record in the NBA the other day. They're the best team in the league, in my opinion. And it's like, you can avoid that. Then you're facing, what, Memphis, Minnesota, whoever it is in the second round. Still going to be, I mean, obviously a tough series, but you would much rather avoid the best team in the league. The path is easier, right? And all we do is look ahead on this podcast, right? We look, we look ahead, and then in the summer we look back. That's that's all we that's all we do is, is do that. So that that schedule coming up is is not super hard for the Mavs, and it's it's pretty hard for the Warriors. Even just the next like just the, those next two, definitely something to watch out for. The Lakers game tonight, AD and LeBron are both listed as doubtful for this game. It seems like this team is just punting Isaac, right? Like it just seems like they're they're only a, a half a game ahead of the Spurs right now. So if the Mavs beat them tonight, then all of a sudden they're tied with the Spurs. The the Spurs have a better conference record and division record. It's one of those two that's the next tiebreaker. So um, they could be out of the play in by the end of tonight. And do you want to keep going on that? Do you want to talk more about the Lakers' misery? Or I was just <laughs> I would love I love talking about that. There's also something about this too is we don't know what teams are going to want at the end of the season. Like what teams are going to be angling for what in this seating is golden state going to try to, you know, get down to four or five or try to drop to six is, you know, what's Utah going to try to do Are teams going to try to prioritize a higher seed or trying to avoid different matchups. Like for Dallas, I know, you know, some people are like, Hey, if they get to three, like we were just saying, you avoid Phoenix in the second round. Well, what if their main priority is to find the best first round matchup? And then it's, you know, they're trying to jockey around different seeds and all that. So it's just, it gets really weird when it gets to this part of the season of what teams are trying to do. Absolutely. So there's all kinds of stuff. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's been fun to watch it and to see where the maps are going to land. They have, there's definitely a path to get to the number three seed. And like, like Richard said, that would be a, a much easier path to the Western Conference Finals, which is just insane to think about. But there's so many injuries, so many guys out. Paul George is now just coming back. Um, Steph, Clay, and Dre are like all out right now. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. So it's not out of the question the Mavs could do that. Um, all right, let's get into the NBA draft situation. This is the first time we've talked about the draft all season so far because the season has just been uh, enjoyable for the, for the Mavs. As of late, but the Mavs would have the 23rd pick in the draft right now. Guys, this is this is the last couple 23rd picks. And then I'll name some players around them. Last year, Usman Garuba was the 23rd pick. A couple other players around them. Quentin Grimes was 25. Bones Highland was 26. 27 was Cam Thomas. 32 was, was Richard's guy, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Herb Jones went 35, and Io DeSumo went. 38. That's Isaac's guy. Richard, that's a pretty deep like class right there. There's a lot of really good like prospects. Is this class looking similar to that one, or are we looking at some of these other ones that I'm going to mention here? You know, we've been spoiled ever since I started Mavs Draft in 2017. I feel like there's been no truly bad classes. Like it started right after the 2016 class, which frankly sucked. Like Papa Giannis <laughs> was lottery picking that year. Oh, so, like, again, that, that reaction says everything about that year. But the last five drafts have been really good. This one is probably the worst of them all of those five. Uh, it's right on par with 2020, but I think a little bit less star power at the top in terms of sure-firedness. But 
it's going to be just as deep as every one of those other classes, which is really promising if the Mavs want to move back. 2020, Leandro Balmaro was the 23rd pick. Uh, 25, Emmanuel quickly went. 26, Peyton Pritchard. 30, right in the backyard, Isaac. You have to remind me. I don't I don't know. Did the Mavs even scout him? <laughs> Desmond Bain. 2019. The Mavs liked Balmero, by the way. They really yeah, liked that was tw- that was the 2020 draft. 2019, Darius Baisley was the 23rd pick. 25 was Nasir Little. He was a steal. <laughs> 28 was Jordan Poole. 29 is Keldon Johnson. 30 was uh, Kevin Porter Jr. 31, Nick Claxton. 38 was Daniel Gafford. Nick Claxton and Daniel Gafford both going late there. That's a, a pretty good draft. 2018, Aaron Holiday was the 23rd pick. Um, 24, the 24th pick that year was Anthony Simons right after that. Rob Williams was the 27th pick. Brunson, obviously, the 33rd pick. Right after him was Devontae Graham. And then 36, Mitchell Robinson was the was in that 2018 draft. 2017, OG Ananobi. The 22nd pick was Jared Allen. 27 was Kuzma that year. 29 was Derek White. 30, Josh Hart. All that to say, there's been some really good players around these picks. Like there's there's a couple of gems that are just littered around this pick every single year. And think about all if you're looking for a big, I know a lot of you guys have, have tweeted and said, hey, we really want a big in this draft. Uh Nick Claxton, Daniel Gafford, um, Rob Williams. Um, Jared Allen, all, all have been around that pick in these last couple of years. So coming up, let's talk to Richard about the, the bigs in this range and which players the Mavs should be targeting heading into this range if the Mavs are going to stay around this 22, 23, 24th pick. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you, Isaac, about NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments. So... I told you I got a top shot. Richard, you missed this, but my first pack that I opened, my first moment was a Dennis Smith Jr. reverse layup in Portland. <laughs> because of course, because of course it was. It was great. I'll give you another moment. It was a solid Mason Plumley outlet pass. Ooh. He gets the rebound. He's he's in he's in Charlotte. He gets the rebound. He throws it ahead to Miles Bridges, and then Miles Bridges reverse dunks it. And I'm like, I'm just going to pretend that this is a Miles Bridges reverse dunk moment instead of the Mason Plumley. You might be able to retire off that one. It's fun to, it's fun to get these, these moments. You see all the different angles in it. And then also, they have so many other things that go off of this. They have fantasy. They have different. They have the marketplace, obviously, where you can buy and sell, trade, all that. And uh, owning an NBA Top Shot moment can get you access to unbiable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences. For example, last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to, fans to a to Phoenix for game five of the NBA finals, just for having Phoenix Suns moments in their collection. Head over to lockedon.nbatopshot.com to start building your collection today. Again, that's lockedon.nbatopshot. Head there today. We also want to tell you about Truebill. There's all kinds of different subscriptions right now. My wife and I were like, hey, let's watch this. Let's watch this. And we were thinking of like three different shows and we realized they're on three different streaming services. There's so many of them. You just can't keep track of how many you have. Truebill is going to help you with that, especially to help you not pay for the ones you don't want or need anymore. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They take care of it for you. You don't have to worry about it. Don't fall for any of the scams anymore. Start canceling at Truebill. Dot com slash lockdown NBA. Get it now. Truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. It can save you thousands a year. Again, that's Truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac and Richard, let's get into this draft class this year. Um, Richard, 
just give us a couple of players around the range of that 23rd pick that you're have you, you have your eye on right now. Yeah, I'll start with uh, one of my, this guy's in my top 10. And for whatever reason, ESPN, I swear they're doing something against me. Uh, they put him one pick after the maps. It's the third straight one. I've counted it. <laughs> uh, and that is Nikola Jovic over in Europe. And mm. it, it is not Nikola Jokic just with like glasses and a mustache. I promise. <laughs> but, but he's a very exciting player because if his game translates, which he's done very well in Serbia, a little bit inefficient, but he's 18. Um, he's a 6'10 shot creator with deep range and a beautiful shooting stroke. And he can run pick and roll. So if that translates to the NBA, that's a star. Uh, just with that incredible skill set. That's my number one choice for the Mavs. How's it? How's his defense? Because I, I watch him some on offense. I ru- watch him run the pick and roll. I'm like, all right, is this a more, more fluid, you know, Davis Bertans here, uh, <laughs> oh, or, no. or or can he can he defend, or is he just young enough to like, hey, he can grow in that? So I'm going to say this about as elegantly as I possibly can. Uh, he's he terrible at defense. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to add weight. And like get or not really add weight. He just he he's six ten two hundred like two ten right. Like, yeah, I mean, that's he, pretty he, skinny dude. He's very physically immature. That's the best way to put it. Like you watch him and you look at him like he doesn't have like a lot of muscle. His weight just needs to be converted. I think that'll help. How much it'll help? I don't know. He's kind of a traffic cone. I mean, again, trying to be nice mm-hmm. here, but like that's that's the honest evaluation. That's not what you're picking him for, right? Like you're picking him exactly. to be like this this like taller guy that can handle the ball that can do some of the things we've seen some of these guys come over uh the ringers draft guide by the way says shades of and they always do like players that it reminds you of it's like Danilo Gallinari not Nikola Jokic that's not what it says there. so nobody get this twisted he's not going to be that guy uh Jovic is a is a really interesting one why do you think you'd fit well with the Mavs well I mean a big shot creator next to Luca, I think just creates a bunch of mismatches especially if you have Dinwiddie out there too that's three creators and I don't know if we've been able to say over even the last 10 years that the Mavs have had three creators at, on the floor at any given time. So I, I think that's a big bonus. Big shooters, again, he can play on ball, off ball. And someone to take the load off of Luca running pick and rolls is very helpful. Spicy. I like it. Do you do you have another Do you have another couple guys? Yeah. Or, or uh, you want me to ask so, you? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, actually, you got it. Hit me. Hit me with your... Um, so, okay. So I, I was watching, I was watching was excellent podcasting. What you guys just did right there. <laughs> Isaac's little song thing that we'll have to pay for Richard and Isaac going back and forth. Just beautiful. That we'll have to pay for. <laughs> um, so I was watching Duke and watch past couple of games, obviously <laughs> with the throw up bucket next to you or <laughs> yes, it's brutal, but they have multiple prospects, you know, that could be on the board around Dallas's range. So if we just look at like the final four, and obviously North Carolina and then Duke, Villanova, Kansas. If we just lump those four teams, because I know a lot of people probably listen to this are going to watch the final four, going to watch the you know national championship game coming up this weekend. Who are some guys that you're like, hey, we need to be watching for these guys coming this weekend. They could be wearing Dallas across their chest come next year. Yeah. So the remaining final four has seven prospects. Five of them are on Duke. Two of them are on Kansas. So root for that matchup if you're a fan of the NBA draft. You don't, you don't like Gillespie? Likely, like, no offense, Isaac, but it's the most likely outcome. Like, I, I mean, just being honest. And uh, with Duke, though. BetOnline has them both at four-point favorites. So, Wow. Okay, well, yeah, that's a good chance. Well, with Duke, A.J. Griffin and Paolo Boncaro, both of those 
non-factors. Uh, Mark Williams is kind of approaching the too good for the Mavs. Non-factors because they're too they're too good, way out of Mavs range. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because they're bums or Richard said they suck. <laughs> be, I mean, they're both top five on my board. Like, Paolo drops the twenty-three. Richard's just passing on him. Like, no, I'm out. Non-factor. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Mark Williams has really grown his game over the year. At one point, he was played off the floor because of his defense and inability to handle some guards. He's really matured in that way. He's still a little bit of a liability. He's uh, the best comparison I can make for his defense is like, and I, I'm about to say the worst possible name on a Mavs podcast. And that's uh, so in the regular season, if you listen to the folks at Locked On Clippers, they talk about how Avicii Zubash is a good pick and roll drop defender. But mm. the second you put him on an island, he is toast. And okay, I, I, I'm just scared. I, like, I, th- I'm well, scared. I thought you were going to say DeAndre Jordan. I was like, yeah, oh, I thought you were going there too. <laughs> no, I, I should have uh, led a different way, I guess. But the <laughs> it was good. Is, no, it was a good lead up. We were just totally thrown <laughs> off. Had no the clue. difference is, though, you're not going to see him just every <laughs> single matchup get hunted. It is just a liability in the playoffs where he could be hunted occasionally. And that does scare me. And he really doesn't have a jump shot at this point either. Mm. So when it comes to the bigs, because when I when I look at this range, this early 20s range for Dallas and you just look at the roster, it's like, all right, are they really going to go guard? You know, they have Brunson, Dinwiddie, these guys, even like Josh Green. It feels like going big could be a natural move for them, or at least the wing. I, I'm when in doubt, you always go wing for me. But if they do go the big route and we look at bigs in this range and let's just let's just do comparing three guys, Mark Williams. Christian Coloco, did I say that right? Yep. Out of out of Arizona, and then Walker Kessler, those three bigs in this range, which Coloco might be off the board anyway. But where would you kind of lean if you're Dallas? I man, I, I go back and forth between Mark Williams and Christian Coloco. Kessler is a non-factor here. I actually think there's Wait, a different non-factor bit. because he's. Top five he's, or no, no, no. sorry, yeah, I gotta start clarifying. He's uh, <laughs> no, he is like a historically good shot blocker in the NCAA, but I don't know if it translates. He uh, he block hunts every once in a while. Uh, he's very slow, he has really good recovery ability, but he is very slow and he technically has a jumper as in he tries to shoot, but he shot like 20 something percent for the year. From you just described my pickup game like completely, <laughs> like real slow. Nick technically hunts, has a jumper, hunts shot but... blocks, and Technically has a jumper because it does go up and near the rim. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm out on I'm out I'm out on Kessler too. So yeah, I mean you're a North Carolina fan, like it's kind of natural. So yeah. like See of ya. course, but but I, I would definitely take him out, and I'd probably go with Coloco because he has a bit of a jump shot. My one concern is these guys who, and I don't know if Coloco falls into this. He's in a weird situation. A lot of these juniors who break out, upperclassmen breaking out, can be a flag as fool's gold. Uh, just because they're more mature, they're older, so like it's natural for them to. But Sean Miller was terrible for him, and this is his first year without Sean Miller, and it's a breakout. It could have been that more than anything. I don't know what to read of it, but Coloco has a sense of a jump shot. Mark Williams doesn't, and defense is about equal. Yeah, so switching head coaches like that, right? Like Sean Miller was the head coach of Arizona, and now he's not, and so – it's so hard. There's so many factors in college. That's why I'll never be an NBA draft. I'll never be an NBA draft guy like you because there's just so many factors for each of these guys. Like they add weight or they, you know, get better. They, you know, add a couple of things and there's just you, how can you keep track of all these guys? But I feel like Coloco and Mark Williams, those are the two guys I feel like we're gonna just be looking at for they're gonna be the 
like the Josh Green, Sadiq Bay, like Desmond Bain. Like let, you know, let, remember how we were just going back and forth on those guys just oh, all yeah. the time. I feel like we're gonna go back back and forth on these two centers for the whole draft season. Can I ask a follow up to this real quick? I feel like the whole like center you know discussion around this point of the draft is also well, you can just get a you can get one of these guys in the second round, right? Like you you can get a guy who rolled to the rim, dunk, rebound. Those guys I mentioned earlier, right? Like Nick Claxton was thirty one, Daniel Gafford was thirty eight, Mitchell Robinson was thirty six. Like these guys, you can get some of these guys late. So so what is the case? Why like why why should a team like Dallas or anybody in that range take a Mark Williams, take a Christian Coloco? Why why should Dallas do it? You know, uh, I think a lot of teams do end up drafting for fit, which is why teams reach. And personally, that's why I'm of the belief in the first round, you always take best player available. And I think that's really it. Like, I think it boils down to teams focus so much on a center that they forget about the wings and the guards and the forwards. And they say, all right, this is our guy because we have to take someone like him. When in reality, like you said, Nick, in the second round, that's when those guys are really there. And they're the best value, too, because the contract's are not aligned to you know a certain structure and on top of that undrafted free agency and overall free agency a lot of bigs are floating around in the week it's there's a reason you have to have such a special skill set to stick in the nba because there are so many that can do so many different things absolutely coming up let's have a little bit of fun with some of the team some of the, the guys available in this range who are some of the G League guys, some of the G League Ignite guys that could be available? Who should the Mavs avoid in the draft? We'll talk about that and more with Richard coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. It's like me trying to remember NBA draft stuff. Like, how can I remember all these different players, keep track of all this? How is it in my warehouse of a brain? I can't do it. And your local chain store can't do it either. I'm a local chain store. Richard is rockauto.com. He can house all that information and he'll help you save time and money. So go check it out, rockauto.com. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rockauto.com prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Don't write Richard. Write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Richard. All right, Isaac. Let's have some fun with some of this draft information. Uh, I'm going to ask the question that Isaac, that Isaac put up first. This is Isaac's question, but I'm going to ask it because I find this the most fun question the rockets are going to have like a top five pick let's see that they could fall to six it just depends on how bad everybody else is but right now it seems like they're gonna have a top five pick they're tied for the the worst record in the nba right now who do the, who should the maps want them to take right who's a player that's either going to be up there in a bust like i've i've seen a lot of like chet holmgren bust potential talk which one is the, a bad fit for them who should the maps want the rockets to take yeah, it's going to come down to the riskiest player because in the top five, uh, it's a very skilled top five. There's really nobody where it's like, you know, I see bust ridden all over them. With Chet, the there's issue no Hashim to beat. Yeah, there's huh, there's uh, <laughs> there's no Hashim to beat in this draft, thankfully. But if Chet fails, it's not going to be because of skill set. It's going to be because of uh, his body not holding up. I mean, that's the general feel in the NBA is. If you're taking Chet, you really have to be aware he might play 62 games every year, and you might have to be okay with that. So that's probably the pick if you want to go a little bit more 
like different. Jalen Duran, I've seen him anywhere from five to ten. Mm. Um, I, he doesn't have any offense outside of fifteen feet. He tries a jump shot, but it's really bad. Um, mm. That's that's the other guy I would pick. So pretty much a center. Yeah. So they pick one of those bigs. I think if they pick another guy that can take it, like make his own shot. Like I just feel like that guy's just gonna get buried behind all these guys. It seems like to me they just have so many guys that can get their own shot right now. If Dallas. If Dallas wanted to try to trade up, we we heard the reports about them trying to go up for Halliburton and all of that. Like, who would be the target in that? Let's say, you know, they obviously can't get up into the I mean, I love AJ Griffin, but it's weird that I like these Duke guys as draft prospects. So it's really just taken a lot out of me to admit that. Um, but I do like them as prospects between JJ Reddick last year and these guys in the draft this year. What's going on with, them? I don't know. It's it's, I need help, but let's say Dallas can move into like 10 to 14 range. Who should they, who would they move up for? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Tari Eason over at LSU. He Ooh. is going all into the draft. Think Patrick Williams, uh, the similar kind of prospect. And I know, I mean, I imagine I, I don't remember, if you guys were on board with him and obviously it changed it closer to the draft because his stock just skyrocketed. Yeah. But the skill set is just so similar. He's very switchable on defense. Uh, you can't push him off his spot. Really that applies to both ends. He's super athletic, uh, really good blow by ability, good handles. The jump shot needs work, but he still had really good percentages that suggest he'll translate. Uh, that's pretty much like the jump shot is the only thing. And it, it's like it'd be below average if it doesn't translate. It's not like it's a fatal flaw. So I, I love everything Tari Eason brings as a forward. I love that you brought him up. What about the two uh, Baylor guys, the two Baylor wings? Yeah, so I was going to say Kendall Brown, but ESPN put him in, in their mock at 26. So I guess technically he's not really in that trade-up range. At one point he was, but the, he's scared to shoot. That's literally his only flaw. Like He is scared mm-hmm. to shoot. I don't think the jump shot is broken. It needs work, but it's not broken, and it's not a fatal flaw. His basketball IQ is off the charts. The one worry I have every time I bring him up to map standards, I'm like, look, you kind of get redundancy though to Josh Green. Really good passer, high IQ, good defender, can't shoot. Oh, just I, try it twice and see if it works. Yeah, see if it works the second time. It's got to work one of these times, right? <laughs> does that does that does that Josh Green pick? Do you, you guys think affect what the Mavs are going to do with this pick? Because you said take best player available, right? And I, and I tend to agree with that in the draft too, but. This is what you did last year. Okay, you tried this guy, Josh Green. He's got certain limitations. Would you take a guy with the sim- with similar lim- limitations, even if that's the best player available? I think yes, because what's the worst thing that happens? You can trade Josh Green finally and not have to. You got two walk- starting wings that can't shoot. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's really the worst thing. Good point. But like you have an asset in Josh Green that's more than like, dang, this is our only asset. And we really can't even do anything to, hey, we can move him now. And, uh, you know, that was a big thing. Come trade deadline, Mavs fans were saying, well, I don't want to give up on Josh Green. He's finally breaking out, and now you kind of can if you take Kendall Brown because I think he's a much better prospect than Josh Green ever was coming out of college. And I'm going to be fair to Josh Green. He's shot much better recently. He's he's what, like 33% from three now? It's decent. Um, if if Dallas wanted to target a bigger wing, and this is this is where I always lean when it comes to like first-round picks. Like, hey, you can never have enough 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, to – you know, six, nine guys on your team. If Dallas wanted to go that route instead of a big or instead of a guard, who's somebody there? I like, I like the guy out of Ohio state, the junior EJ Liddell. 
Um, is there another guy there? I like him because he's six seven, bigger body, thirty eight percent from three. I I like the bigger wings who can hit from three. But is there a, another guy that we should know about? Yeah, Liddell is actually who they put at ESPN for their mock on Monday. Uh, that's who they have the Mavs taking instead of my Let's guy Nikolajovic. So you win this round. But uh, <laughs> the other guys that, that would come to mind are, uh, I mean, one is the one of the biggest mysteries of the draft. He's a really big enigma, and that is Patrick Baldwin Jr. out of Milwaukee. Um, he's six nine. Hold on, Milwaukee, the college. Yeah, so he went to play for his dad. He's a top fifteen recruit, top ten recruit, uh, maybe even top five. I don't remember what number, but he was really highly ranked. He was a five star. Uh, I'll let you look this up right now. But yeah, he, he went to go play for his dad, who I think got fired. Uh, it was a disaster of a season. Everything that went wrong could have Oof. gone wrong or could have gone wrong, went wrong. Excuse me. And he played he played well in the FIBAs, the U19s with Chet Holmgren. They won the gold medal. Uh, but even then, he has beautiful form and he's six nine. So like, you know, that combination of shooter and potentially he can play defense and create a little bit. It hasn't really ever been put into fruition. In the FIBAs, he shot 32% in college. His numbers were rough. And honestly, the whole experiment was bad. Um, so him, or if you don't mind me naming an international guy, to, I know that it's the Mavs, so it kind of well, makes go. sense. Oh, we're, uh, all, we're all in. Jovic, anybody uh, else you got? Bring it. This one's also a tough one. They're both by lows, but their stock kind of projects around this range. And that's Usman Jang out of uh, the New Zealand Breakers in the NBL of Australia, or I guess technically New Zealand too, but... Uh, he's a great defender. Day one, he has that skill. Uh, jump shot form is really nice, but his the start to his season, the first two months, he was shooting like 9% from three. He's a little bit better now. Um, he can create, he can defend, and he can shoot. In theory, he just kind of needs to put it all together. So Mavs would have to be patient. And where is he hey, from I'm, again? The I'm Breakers? Just... Yeah, he's he's New Zealand Breakers. I think he's from France originally. See, I don't, I don't know anything about him. I got to look him up. Blo- I'm just still blown away. There's a co- there's a Milwaukee College. It's University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. I looked up, I looked up Milwaukee College, and it was like, "Are you looking for Marquette?" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm actually looking for the." For this actually- <laughs> yeah, uh, who, Horizon League Zone. If who's a guy besides Walker Kessler? We can't say him. Who's who's a guy that you're like, hey, in that range. I really don't want him to land in Dallas. Not what I thought you were going to say. Uh, I was about to say someone who I really want. Uh, actually, I would go, you know, there's a couple guys that are uh, coming up in my head. Um, one's a little bit a little bit of a cheat code because he's really not projected here. He was. He's like late first at best. And that's Caleb Houston out of Michigan. He can shoot, but he's horribly streaky in game. Um He's 6'8", that's his long skill. You can kind of run a pick and roll, but you're not going to really do that in the NBA. He's a nightmare on defense. I, I really don't want him. He was a five-star recruit, so people still kind of hold him high. But that that's probably the guy I would look for. He's projected around 28 is the earliest I've seen, so like it is technically possible that he okay. could climb and work out and things like that, but he's my answer. Let's throw it the other way around then. Who's the guy you really want for the Mavs? Oh, good. I'm really glad you said that. So this is another big man. Um, he has roots to Dallas. He he has worked with Holger. They'll he's never cool. take him. If, if yeah, he has yeah, roots in Dallas, 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 Dallas Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, they're all just going to, Miles Desmond, Turner, they're yeah, all going to go. Of them. He's worked uh, with Holger? Yeah, so there's a really interesting interview. I found this out. Um, I'm trying, I'm actually, I'll send, I'll post this. I'll, I'll reply to some tweet of the... Tweet it, yeah, tweet it. Yeah. He, his name is Ismael Kamigate, uh, locked on NBA Draft's own uh, Rafael Barlow has gotten to see him while he's lived in, in Europe. 
Mm. Um, he has underrated guard skills. To me, he plays just like DeAndre Aiden. And he's 6'11 with some guard skills he doesn't get to use in game. Super athletic, can switch on to six-foot guards. I've seen him do that, defend the drive beautifully. Yeah, and he has a mid-range jump shot. He really reminds me of a if DeAndre Aiden was in this class but overseas and a little bit more raw. He's 21, so that does have to factor into it. But the skill set, when you're watching him, the play style, it really does remind me of Aiden. Who knows if he'll actually hit that high. But the play style, if you got a poor man's Aiden, I think you're still getting a good player. I would love to have a French center that we could just tout as better than Rudy Gobert with like absolutely nothing to back it up, right? Like that would be fun. <laughs> hey, I'm, let David Block know uh, that his title is in jeopardy. What? <laughs> how does, um, and if I say this name wrong, correct me, Wimbenyana? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you got it. How does he, how does he rank to like these prospects? Oh, he's number one prospect in the world right now. So he's uh, that good. Yeah. He, remember the Mo Bamba was Rudy Gobert with the jump shot, which is like the worst comparison <laughs> ever. Yeah. It, it's really like there's a good chance that he's that. This is he a guy born, going next year? Yeah. He was four days away from being eligible for this draft. If he had been born December 31st wow. instead of January 4th. Thank God he won't be in. Well, I guess Houston will suck next year too. But Think um, about that when you're family planning, everybody. You never know which <laughs> class your, your child could be in. Listen, push the baby out. Um, no, wait. When, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I want to ask you real quick about Wendell Moore because <laughs> as, as uh, the only one here that has two children, you know it starts way before then. <laughs> Four true. days. Do you want to talk about sex on the spot right now? Not with Richard here. Wow. <laughs> 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 um, Wendell Moore Jr. He's going to be playing this weekend. I watch him. Yeah. And this is the, the thing we haven't talked about either is I'm so, I'm excited for this Mavs draft. I'm excited for you, but <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I love the pun. But Amazing. also, this is the first like really draft we get to like fully embrace Nico. What their whole I mean, we've, we've been talking about the internationals like, hey, we know we know the Mavs love the international. But we also know that Donnie, Ronzoni, a lot of those guys had the international connections, too. Now with kind of a new regime in here, what's going to be their focus? What all of that? And so I, I see a guy like Wendell Moore, a guy that is you know almost twenty one. He's a junior, Planet Duke, kind of does a lot of these, a lot of these different things. I'm like, this is like a a little bit bigger Jalen Brunson time. Like this is a classic Mavs like target right here at the end of the first round. But we don't know what the like the we can't lean into the hey that's a classic Mavs target because. The, what makes it classic? All those guys are gone now. So Wendell Moore, does he fit in Dallas? Is he too small? Is he just a wing? Is he guard? I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, he's really intriguing because he will like he's a junior and he's still not 21 until training camp. So mm. think about that. Like that, that does help him a lot. Uh, the two things that really scare me with him while he does have he's like a jack of all trades, master of none. A good rebounder, good shot in theory. Uh, just needs a little bit more confidence. Um, he, he's really good at being a secondary playmaker without turning the ball over. Good defender. But he doesn't have that blow-by speed, and I've seen guys like Troy Brown. I, he just comes mm -hmm. right to mind when I watch Wendell Moore as what happens if you know that lack of a first step really limits him because that's what killed Troy Brown. They had To me, they have identical scouting reports where they do this well, they do this well, but he can't use that those skills because he doesn't have a good first step. So... I worry about Wendell with that. I think he's a better playmaker, though, which helps him a lot, and he's younger. Can well, I ask two more questions? 
<laughs> only if yeah. you say the only if you say the thing. One more thing. Two more things. And they can be quicker quicker answers. Outside the top <laughs> outside the top like just one up to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing this more often now. Outside the top like four or five. So I I've I've gotten really excited about the draft, if you can't I tell. Know. Outside those top guys, if you just fill in the blank. Like if Dallas can move up to six or whatever it is, the perfect fit in Dallas would be blank outside of those top guys. Man, I could use a cheat code of an answer. Uh, and this guy should be the number one pick or in consideration next year under a normal world. And that's Shaden Sharp. He reclassified to Kentucky. Um, mm. That kid is a superstar mold written all over him. But so he's not going in this draft. This. Yeah, we don't know. So I'll, I'll not use the cheat code. Uh, and thereby use two names. And that's Keegan Murray is the second one. I love everything about Keegan Murray. Uh, he's why my bracket is busted. I chose Iowa to win it all because of him. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, I'm an idiot. I, I made a public <laughs> apology. I made a public apology to my listeners on Locked On NBA Draft. But, <laughs> uh, I'm serious. I'm not even joking. But no, I, Notes I, app I, apology. I did that with Doug McDermott and Creighton one year. I was just like, I just want Doug to go off. And I just picked him to go into the Final Four or something. He, oh, I bet you were happy when he gave him map. But uh, <laughs> Keegan Murray, I mean... Six eight forward that can score, can defend at such a high level. I think he had, I don't know what the final total was. I looked at this at the end of the regular season, but he had either as many games with a blocked shot as Walker Kessler or more games. And it was like very close, wow. which for someone being a scoring title contender of power five players in the country, that's super impressive. And he has a little bit of a handle, can shoot. There's really no holes in his game. He is 21 and he's a sophomore. It's really like the worst thing about him. All right, last one. The G League guys, if there's if there's like one guy that I mean, I literally have no clue about these G League guys. I, Hardy, I, a little bit, but if there's one G League guy that, as a Mavs fan, that's listening to this, like, hey, who should I watch tape of or be a fan of? Who should it be? Well, if you're wanting the most fun while ignoring all of the Beauchamp. terrible stats, <laughs> but Marshawn, Marjan Beauchamp. Well, I'll get That's to him. Fun, but... I can just imagine Falwell saying his name when he throws down the door. Like, <laughs> I can imagine Chris, Chris Arnold saying that name. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean Heath is back either. <laughs> well, with uh, Jaden Hardy, he's the most fun highlight player, but he shoots like 30-something percent. You wouldn't yeah, know it based nope. on the highlights. See ya. But great score. <laughs> um, I, I think all the guys will be in the Mavs range. It's been a pretty weak year, but uh, Marjon Beauchamp is the guy. He's a wing. The lone, the lone concern I have for him is just the outside shooting's horribly inconsistent. It really not even there yet. He does a lot of other things well. He's long. He's athletic. He has six six. Um, can defend. Can drive. Get to the rim. But what is, what does that jump shot limit him? That's a real big question. Lots of great Mavs stuff. <laughs> draft stuff. Go check out Richard. Go follow him on Twitter at Mavs Draft. Also. Be following Richard because there may be some changes in the the Locked On NBA draft lineup, and it's it's great it's good stuff for Richard. So we'll talk about we'll you'll uh, see that coming soon, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps, making it your first listen every day. We will be back with the Lakers post game show. Isaac will either be extremely happy or just like the most disappointed he's ever been <laughs> after that. So you have to tune in to see that. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA Monday through Friday in thirty minutes, free wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to. Locked on Mavs. Peace out.